0: Hey guys, thanks so much for your wonderful comments and feedback on the first episode introducing perspective shifts. I'm excited and humbled to continue to share my heart with you guys, especially on this next subject of connections. And so why, why connections? Why has this been on my heart, Um, you know, feeling and being connected is a fundamental human need and so many behaviors and attitudes flow from experiencing connection. And so regardless of who you are, what you do, your age, where you work, connections are always going to be a part of your life. And if you think about how you came into this world, you were literally born connected through an umbilical cord. Um, And after babies are born, you know, they're usually placed on their moms for what? For connection. Um, And there's so much research on the benefits of connection from physical to emotional to spiritual connections. Um, And connections are always going to be something that uh, we, we think about, uh, because we're wired to feel connected. And so we all have a filter for it. We've all seen or experienced moments, uh, where we desire connection, um, and don't know how to get it, or we put ourselves out there. Um, or sometimes we vowed off connections because we've been hurt. Um, or we've seen people who sit at the lunch tables at school or in the pews of our church and feel lonely or disconnected or discouraged. Um, and so it's important uh, when we think about this word, we we take the time to look at what it means. You know, how do you feel connected? You know, how do I how do I connect? What keeps me from connecting? Where where does God want to challenge us or grow our connection with Him or with others? And so after kind of looking within and praying and talking to others and doing some research, I realized there's just so much to be said on the subject that one podcast just wouldn't do it justice. And so I divided it up into three parts. So this is part one of connections. And so today we'll be talking about, you know, what does connections mean? Uh, Why is it important to talk about this? Uh, What are the benefits of connecting? Uh, Oftentimes people don't do things unless there's a benefit for it, Right. Um, that's what customer service prides itself on, giving people reminders of why they should buy a product. So we want to talk about those, those benefits. Um, and what does the Bible say about connection? And so in part two, we'll then look at some barriers that exist when it comes to connecting, whether receiving it or reaching out. And then lastly, part three, um, I hope to inspire you guys and share some practical ways that we can start removing those barriers and walking towards connection, both with God and one another. And so let's start by just defining the word. Uh, You guys are going to find out I love a good word study. And so when you look at the word connection, um, it is about a process of coming together, producing relationship, bonding, association from which one or both parties influence and add to each other's lives in some capacity. And so it's basically the outcome of togetherness. And there's a ton of research out there, and, and most of it reflects these four main elements of connection. The first one is eye contact. The second is presence. The third is touch. And the fourth is playfulness. And I want to talk a little bit about those elements. And so the first one, eye contact, uh, a little a little bit of science background for you guys, uh, The eyes contain nerve projections that lead directly to key brain structures for both empathy and matching emotions. So basically when you make eye contact with someone um, who may be experiencing, let's say anxiety, and you connect with their eyes, both verbally emitting words and facial expressions of calmness or peace, saying things such as, you are safe, breathe with me. You've got this, you are um you're mirroring neurons, and the mirror neurons ensure that the person who sees the emotion on your face uh, will at once sense the same feeling within themselves. That is a powerful picture. eye contact is so powerful, and you can think about the moments uh, when someone has looked you you know straight in the eyes and has said, "I'm sorry, uh, or please forgive me," and the power that that had. Or, on the flip side of that, when someone has avoided eye contact and there was just something inside of you that sensed, I don't think we're okay. You know, eye contact reflects so much of relationship and connection. Um, and when I was looking in the Bible, I came across Psalm 27 8, where we see God asking David to seek his face, to seek God's face. And I was wondering, why? You know, and I believe that when we seek God's face, when we gaze into his peace, into his countenance, right? His peace, courage, joy, comfort, whatever we need in that moment um, fills our hearts, our minds, our souls. and we start to mirror the very thing that God is reflecting back. And that is just powerful when you think of this, this idea of you know eye contact, this idea of gazing, uh, into the Lord in and seeking his face right his literal face uh, Matthew 14 22 through 33 um, here we have the story of Jesus walking on water and you have Peter who's half mesmerized half scared out of his mind I imagine calling out to Jesus desiring to walk towards him and so Jesus calls him and in verse 30 uh, you know he says you know but Peter, but when Peter saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink. And that word saw, you know, has to do with our eyes. And so he cast his vision with the storm. And his neurons started mirroring the chaos and the fear of the storm. And so let that sink in for a minute. The things that we cast our eyes upon, you know, both physical and uh, metaphorical, we start mirroring the things that we cast our eyes upon. And so connection through eye contact produces influence to speak life to the mind and emotions of others. Casting our eyes on God produces change in our minds, which produces change in our physiological and emotional state. Also connecting with others, you know, through eye contact allows us to impart freshness and hope and courage um, and I just think that's powerful. So don't, uh, don't minimize the power of eye contact when connecting with people. And the second one you have is presence, right? So presence is about having both your mind and your body in the same place, basically. And so it is intentionally pursuing, showing devotion, priority, value. Being present both in mind and body uh, usually means quieting the chatter in our minds to be able to place attention to what's in front of us, often seeing beauty that we'd otherwise miss being absent-minded. And so I think about being fully present. Like when I play with my kids, um, I catch these weird little quirks, these fun things about them, silly things that they say and and so on. Um, And I also think about the times that I have been with people where I have felt them physically present in front of me but their minds were elsewhere and I felt disconnected. So I don't know if those resonate with you guys, but presence has a lot to do with connection. And you have, you know, Psalm 16, 11, that says, you will show me the path of life in your presence is fullness of joy in your right hand. There are pleasures forevermore. And so again, talking about presence and what flows from that, you know, God's presence. And then you have Genesis three, eight, that says, And they, being Adam and Eve, heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool afternoon breeze of the day. So the man and his wife hid and kept themselves hidden from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. And when I look at both those verses, I just see the power of presence. You know, connecting with God's presence can produce fullness of joy. It can radically change my attitude. Uh, And his presence is so powerful uh, that Adam and Eve could sense, could sense it, right? They they knew it would produce transformation. And sometimes when we know the power of presence, there's shame or pride or fear or fill in the blank that tells us, I don't want to hear it. I can't bear to deal with it. And so you have presence creating such power. And I don't know about you guys, but have you ever been in someone's presence and you just felt better just sitting next to them. You know, sometimes there's no words that are being exchanged, but you just feel feel peace being next to somebody that just carries that, right? Um, or on the flip side of that, I, I remember moments as a kid where I did something bad or I broke something. And I knew when mama came home, you know, it would not be good with me. And so I was freaking out. I was freaking out about her presence being near my presence and the outcome of this, right? Because even as kids, we recognize the power of presence to make connections. And then you have touch. And this was really cool when I read this. Um, Did you know that touch is the only sense that you cannot live without the skin and the brain are made up of the same embryonic tissue. And so touch creates a hormone that is essential to neural functioning and learning. And again, you see this with skin-to-skin contact or skin-on-skin contact with infants. It's huge. It it helps to regulate the baby's temperature, their breathing, heart rate, even blood blood sugar. Um, And research has found other benefits, including reduction of crying, relief from pain, um, and easing the transition from the womb. And it also benefits mom, right? Uh, Connection is a two way stream. It's a cord attached to two entities. It doesn't only affect one, but it affects both parties involved. And so, skin to skin uh, contact with mom uh, also reduces anxiety and the risk of postpartum depression. You know, touch is powerful. And I'll say, touch in the form of abuse has the power to create long-lasting trauma, right? So we recognize the power, and sometimes power is misused, unfortunately. But touch, in the form of a caring hug, has the power to inspire hope, comfort, and an unspoken, it's going to be okay. I remember moments when I was facing scary circumstances with health issues or finances, not knowing if we were going to keep our house or what was going on. and. And I had friends or family that would just come and give me a hug or sit next to me holding my hand, not saying a word, but their physical touch just spoke to my heart and broke me down into tears and allowing comfort and connection to embrace me um, in very vulnerable and weak moments in my life, right? And the Bible just has so many examples of the power of touch. You know, you you have moments where it talks about greeting one another with a holy kiss, right? Showing fraternal affection. Um, You have the woman who touched Jesus' garment and that touch was profoundly felt. You have moments where Jesus washed his disciples' feet. You know, he connected through service. Uh, You have the laying of hands on that produced a healing touch. And so physical touch can be an expression of a profound connection or action to produce profound impact. But either way, connecting through physical touch can be so powerful. And then you have this last element of playfulness. Um, And I just love that. I love playfulness. Um, Studies have shown that playfulness helps build bonds and creates a biochemistry in the brain for dopamine. And so basically dopamine says, pay attention, stay focused, And playful situations strengthen the dopamine system. So it increases attention spans, boosts social development. And I don't know about you guys, but I just love fun. I've said it many times, you know, fun is a core value of mine. Um, I don't care how old I get. I will always love being a kid at heart um, and finding opportunities to share laughter with folks and laughter reduces or releases endorphins. Which promote an overall sense of well being. Um, It can even temporarily relieve pain, guys. It improves even cardiovascular functioning, reduces stress, boosts immunity, increases resiliency. Again, all of these benefits from these different aspects of connection. And the Bible, believe it or not, talks about this abundant evidence of God's playfulness. You know, you have his delight in creation. Um, Psalm 104, 26, uh, talks about the creatures of the sea that God formed to play. You know, the word talks about there being a time to laugh. It talks about the delight of the Lord, the joy of the Lord. And I also think about uh, how God made man in his image and babies from a very young age, regardless of culture, gender, or personality, are not needed to be taught to play. It's born within them, this curious adventure of play and connecting with others through play. And that's something that's beautiful and wonderful. And so there's all these different forms and elements of connections uh, and these benefits. And and other other research has shown that lack of social connection is a greater detriment to health, oftentimes than obesity. Smoking and high blood pressure—that blew my mind when I read that. Um, and strong social connection, on the other hand, leads to about fifty percent increase of a chance of living longer. That's a big deal. I don't know about you guys, but that just really impacted me when I read that. Uh, people who are more connected are more trusting and cooperative, and as a consequence, others are more open and trusting and cooperative with them. Right? Go figure. So. Connecting with others makes us more accessible for connection. And so when we're connected, we also feel emotionally supported. Our joy increases. We engage in problem solving together and burdens become less cumbersome, right? The board talks about being burden bearers. And so we get to encourage one another in our challenges. And then you have just practical benefits uh, to to connection, such as knowing different people's skill sets, right? Building relationships, getting to know, Hey, so-and-so is really good with technology, you know, or so-and-so loves kids and would be free to babysit. Um, and it just expands our, our network of resources and talking about resources. I want to make a quick, a quick note here. Um, just insert a little caution that connections should not be solely about resources, because that's not a true form of connecting, right? Resources and service should flow out of a place of connecting. I don't know if you guys understand what I'm saying, but do not see people strictly as resources and only what they can do for you. Because that that misses the heart of connection and can sometimes turn into abusive use of power. And so it's just not the way that connection was intended to flow. So let resources and practical benefits flow from the relational connecting with people. Uh, Many of you guys know uh, Brene Brown. And if you don't, I highly, highly recommend you uh, Google her. Amazing, amazing woman, amazing researcher. Um, And I want to share this quote that she has on connection. She says, A deep sense of love and belonging is an irresistible need of all people. We are biologically, cognitively, physically, and spiritually wired to love, to be loved, and to belong. When those needs are not met, we don't function as we were meant to. We break, we fall apart, we numb, we ache, we hurt others, and we get sick. And so connection gives purpose to our lives guys. it's, it's about connecting and research. I love that research echoes what the Bible talks about as this fundamental human need for connection and being wired to connect to God and to others and not function in isolation. And so, you know, when we're looking at this fundamental need, you know, what are we doing about this need? How do we connect? How do we feel connected And I recently uh, polled a couple folks on social media, and I've just been inquisitive in asking individuals, how do you connect? How do you feel uh, the most connected or closest to somebody? And I wanted to share a little bit about what people, what people said. Um, You know, some folks said, you know, when when you can tell uh, somebody your deepest thoughts and know you'll be loved anyway. When you can spend time together. When you can be unapologetically vulnerable in front of someone, knowing that there's no judgment. When you can share everything about your life and not be judged, just love one another, sharing deep, vulnerable feelings. You guys see the theme here, right? Another one, uh, or other one said, uh, after sharing an emotional or important moment together, when we're able to be vulnerable with one another, tears and laughter are a must. I love that. When we work through conflict together. And of course, there's a good hug at the end. When you have a good time with somebody and bond over coffee or food, when I realize that someone feels safe with me and trusts me with their heart and details of their lives, because this is this is how we connect. This is how we feel the closest to people. And so, you know, you have all of this research and this last piece of research that I thought was so neat it says the benefits of connection are reaped by our subjective sense of connection. So what does that mean? You know, in other words, you feel connected. If you feel connected to others on the inside, you reap the benefits. So guess what guys, it's about perspective. Perspective. Do you feel connected? Do you feel worthy of connection? Do you feel you're able to connect? So thinking about connection, thinking about all of the research and the different things people shared, you know, I started thinking about my own life and the ways that I feel connected and loved, um, through different means and different relationships, understanding that connection does manifest itself differently, right? Amongst different people. And so with like my husband, I feel connected when we're able to share our hearts. When he gives me foot rubs, I love a good foot rub. (laughs) from my hubby. Um, obviously sex, right. You know, when, when I see him uh, meeting a need, you know, I am big on, um, acts of service. And, and so when I see him meet a need, even before I'm able to express it because he knows me and he knows my high need for a clean house, um, that, that makes me feel connected. That makes me feel seen, known, loved, um, with my kids. You know, I feel connected when I'm able to, enter their world and play when I'm able to be silly, when they run to me, when they feel hurt and I'm able to hug them or kiss that boo-boo, you know, with friends and family, I feel connected when I'm able to be vulnerable and they're able to be vulnerable with me. I am a sucker for stories. I absolutely love listening to people's stories, listening to their struggles and their challenges And I am always humbled when people share deep deep things in their life with me because I realize, A, they don't have to, right? No one's bending their arm telling them to do so. Um, They are risking being judged, being corrected. And I think that is one of the most courageous acts to be able to be vulnerable willingly and intentionally be vulnerable with somebody else. right? Counting the cost of what that means, but choosing to connect anyway and sharing your heart. And so there's so many different ways to connect. You know, I, I connect with others also by being silly, by being able to laugh or play games. Um, I feel loved when I'm able to do that with others. And so we all have different ways that we feel uh, connected. And And I want to start this conversation and share all this information with you guys and let it sink in for a bit. Um, and so take a moment, think about this. And I want you guys to think about, you know, how do you connect? How do you feel the most connected? How do you connect with God, if at all? What are some ways you'd like to connect with others, but either feel too afraid or feel that you can't connect with them? And I want you guys to come back next week. And I want you to to hear about the barriers and what keeps us from having these needs met or going out and connecting and living fully as we were intended and, and start dialogue with God, start asking him, ask your spouse, if you're married, ask your friends, ask people, start looking at, at individuals and, and find out, do people feel connected? Do people feel uh, loved? Do people feel these things? Are there, are these needs that we were Created with, are they being met, and if so, how? You know, in both a maladaptive or, or in good ways. Um, and so, come back and and find out about barriers and, and let me know your feedback. Let me know your thoughts on this. I'd love to know how you connect. Um, what you have found are are ways that have been powerful in creating heart connections with people or connecting with God. And so, uh, I just want to close in prayer and. Thank you guys again for, for listening and say, come back next week. So Father God, I just thank you so much for who you are. I thank you that you wired us for connection, that Jesus, when you came, you said, you know, love God and love others. This, this is the greatest commandment. And so God, I pray that that this week throughout our lives, you would you would show us how we're connecting or how we're not connecting how we are meeting this fundamental need or how we feel in lack. And Father, start showing us if there's any barriers that you want to tear down in the way that we receive or reach out to others, start showing us people that you want us to connect to. Start giving us strategy for how to do that, how to reach out, how to uh, make eye contact, give a caring touch or be in the presence of someone or or help meet a practical need, or or experience joy with our brothers and sisters, Jesus. We just ask you to show us how how you want us to connect and feel connected. And we say these things in Jesus' name. So again, guys, thank you. I hope this shifted some perspectives for you guys and uh, toiled the ground, so to speak, the soil uh, for seeds to be planted of how, how to connect. And so looking forward to connecting with you guys (laughs) literally next week on barriers. And again, let me know some feedback. So I'll talk to you guys later.